0: Malcolm Byron, live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and
1: KLIN. All right, welcome in Monday morning, May twenty second, twenty twenty three. It is six oh nine. It's 53 degrees in the capital city uh, right now on our way to a breezy warm day in the uh, in the 80s. And uh, we're ready for another week here on LK Today with Jack and Friends. Glad to have you with us. Hopefully you had a fun, safe, uh, restorative weekend and are ready to go here on this Monday morning. If not, we'll try and help you along just a little bit. Got a good show for you today. Guests today are Tim Hruza and Mike Schaefer. So we'll talk to them during the eight o'clock hour. Time for you as well. Uh, give us your thoughts on what's going on in the show at any time on the text line 402-479-1400. You can text that in, uh, throughout the show. Have a live dialogue with us if you're so inclined. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I would say I had a, uh, I had a great weekend. It was a, it was a all-timer, uh, or one of the, one of the, I think I'll look back on one of my favorite weekends of the year. We uh, had a big celebration for my son, who will be graduating from high school next week, and happened to have it fall. You know, you you plan an outdoor party where you're inviting uh, w- with he and his his friend, who we threw it along with, with uh, his friend's parents, so it was a big group. We had about 200-plus people who were invited, but you've got a big outdoor party planned and normally you're you're always kind of looking at the forecast you're looking at the weather thinking oh boy what are we going to get weather wise how are we going to what is the the plan if it's raining what's the plan of holding all the tables and cups down if it's windy right what are we going to do all the what if it's really unpleasantly cold or hot at this thing well of course going into it we were concerned about that but if you were outside at any point on Saturday, and especially Saturday night, you know that that day arguably was the best weather day of the calendar year in Lincoln, Nebraska. And so for all of the whining that I have done over the years about the weather not being right when I wanted to... I am man enough to admit that the weather cooperated very significantly, significantly with me and all of us as we were planning that, and we had legit the perfect weather day—not too warm, not too cold, almost no wind, uh, abundant sunshine—and so we had a uh, had a great time there celebrating the upcoming graduation uh, of my son and his buddy, and so. I'll tell you what, I spent a lot of time though guys. Uh we making making uh 90 pounds of meat and we didn't use it all and so if anyone would like to have we had a taco nacho bar was what we did. If anybody needs any tacos or nachos really for the rest of 2023. Okay? <laughs> You've heard of Taco Tuesday and Taco Johns and Taco Bell battling over that. We now have Taco 2023 at the Mitchell household. Taco. Uh, so there's not been there there has not been a non taco nacho taco salad meal since Saturday night at our house and I don't see it that streak breaking anytime you, soon you, at this point. You
2: know what I'm ready for. <laughs> I'm ready for it to just to get to not even in a couple of weeks, just like this Thursday or something. Kids come home. Hey, mom, what's for supper? And Megan to just give that glare, like you know, you know, you know for what for you're eating tonight, you know
3: what to have for supper all the <laughs> way. I'd suggest you get your Rivian and have like, your own food truck. I, I, if I, if it
1: weren't for all the onerous licensure provisions <laughs> that this city puts on you, I would absolutely be getting out of work today uh, and getting you know just setting up shop, setting up shop. And you know what? It wouldn't take long. I'd be the new like hot trendy thing in town. Right away, they'll be like, hey, have you heard about this? This uh, this middle-aged guy, he just he just makes tacos, and they're they're not that authentic, but man, are they good. They're so good. Have you heard about these week-old tacos? Have you heard?
2: <laughs> I tell you. He just heats them up there. Man, There's something about forget it.
1: get muchachos. This place, holy cow, this is, that was two years ago. This is today in Lincoln. If you're a trendy foodie, you're hitting up Jack's week-old taco truck.
2: You need muchachos. <laughs> Mitch, by the way,
3: chose, by the the way. The crap
1: suit out of me. <laughs>
3: how, how how much
1: taco meat is left? Uh, well, we divided it. Uh, I didn't take the time to weigh it after the fact. You started with what ninety pounds? We had ninety. We had half chicken and half beef, and it was about ninety, uh, give or take. And we uh, after it was over, we we had we had it all in these giant roasters. It was quite a process. It's probably not that interesting to anyone but me, but. Preparing a lot of food for a lot of people and just the strategy for doing that—I uh, actually had a lot of fun doing it. But I don't know. We've got Mark. Uh, the, uh, the only way I can describe it to you is we've got uh, four gallon Ziploc bags, uh, full, completely full of oh, of one of the you can freeze that. Yeah, you can. The the big yeah. It's yes. That's the that's the big thing. Also, this is an exciting one. Four gallon bags of shredded lettuce. You can't
3: freeze it. Well, you can freeze that. <laughs>
1: so get excited, everyone! Yeah, that we don't. That's that's a real hustle to get that done before yes. it's gone because the lettuce. So a lot of little extra lettuce on everything too from our house as well. And cheese and my oh god, we got, <laughs> we got the I don't know how big they are, but the, this like the bags of shredded cheese, but the extra large ones. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if we got it at Sam's or uh or or Costco, but it's got the little strap between them so you can carry it like a little cheese briefcase around. Uh we've got I think 3 or 4 of of those. That's a lot. That's that's a lot. And then, my my daughter is always grossed out because we also <laughs> we also had a bunch of sour cream that we got and we didn't didn't have the original container to put it in, so we put it we had all these gallon Ziploc bags. So we have just a gallon Ziploc bag full of sour <laughs> of sour cream, and my daughter thinks it's the grossest thing but, ever. I think it's delightful.
2: I was watching the, the sour cream thing get, like, refilled, and the only way to describe it is it was getting gooped in. And, <laughs> and I was just sitting there like, well, I did want sour cream. Listen it just looks different when you're just like ice cream paling it
1: out. <laughs> yeah, you should it looks like it looks if it were like sweet, like uh yeah, it looks like cake batter or something. I don't know. It's but like it's vanilla yogurt. Yeah, vanilla yogurt or something like that, but it's just a lot. But listen, there aren't too many there aren't too many foods if I if I knew I had to eat multiple days in a row that I would choose, frankly, over the the taco nacho combo for me. Mm-hmm. So it could be very, It could be a lot worse.
2: Hey, Millie loved it. She she loved the. She uh, liked the chips it good? And the Cheese the nacho cheese. I saw her. There.
1: Yeah, that was that was awesome. By yeah. the
2: way, uh, Chicken Rich on the uh, text line says. New game: Call in, guess what day of the week it is, and get a free pound of taco meat That's right.
1: That's exactly if you can guess what day it is. <laughs> what day? But you know, you never know with our games whether or not people are going to do very well on them. We or will not. allow you a timeout to ask Mark. Sometimes for help. Yeah, it's uh, it's the uh, the thing about playing games on LNK today with Jack and friends is when you think the game is so easy, no one can lose. Someone. Person after person, figures out a way to lose it. When you think the game's impossible and it's going to take forever for anyone to win, somebody will win on the first call, and then you got 15 <laughs> minutes to kill. That's uh, that's the one thing you can set your clock to here on uh, on the show. So uh, that was that was a lot of fun, and uh, that was kind of my focus of my whole weekend. So I don't really know exactly what else was even going on during the course of the Lie weekend. Detector.
3: So. Approximately 200 people is 90 pounds of meat too much.
1: <laughs> is it too? M- yeah, it turns out it is. It, it is, but we were apparently uh, aired on the side of the air on. It, I mean, it's a these grad grad parties, which probably a lot of people are going to this weekend. It is wildly hard to figure out a because it's not necessarily like a RSVP situation where you're having people RSVP for sure, um, and then you know, I mean, you know, a lot of people aren't going to come that you invite, but that so you don't know how many are coming, nor do you know. How many of them are are going to eat? Or are they going to eat a lot? And you also don't know how many of the people who are there are just high school kids who are uh, have a metabolism that we wish we had at this point and are going to really crush the thing. And so that was part of the entire calculus the whole way. So anyway, but yeah, that was that was great. Did you have both hard shell and soft shell? No, just soft. Just oh yeah, I didn't even we have tortillas. We, we got the tortillas <laughs> in the freezer already. Yeah, that's a that is a, a lot of tortillas. <laughs> Uh, congratulations. I shit while we're talking about graduations. University of Nebraska Lincoln held their graduation this weekend. Yep. Um I was driving downtown a little bit, uh going to some graduation parties for high school, and I saw a whole bunch of the people who were just fresh off the uh the graduation ceremony in Lincoln. So congratulations to everybody who did that. We are really I mean, we are really I know technically according to the solstice equinox situation. Summer doesn't start until middle of June, but I feel like the Memorial Day thing is the official beginning of the summer in my mind always. And so, especially when when school ends uh, for for my kids at that point, uh, that really feels like so. I feel like we're in the last non-summer week of the year, the last regular non-summer week of the year, and buckling up for the ending of all of the things that go along with that and the beginning of all of the next things that go along with that after the fact.
2: This has always felt like the first week of summer for me. This has. This has always been it, because this was, growing up, last week would have been the last week of school that anyone would have had, even as underclassmen, not not even as those that were graduating. Yeah. But I feel like
1: LPS is the only... People in school right now, by the way, <laughs> talking to everybody. But, but then, yeah.
2: like, for me, being being in sports, if you didn't know, uh, you had track and field, which their state championships were this last week. And it's like, okay, well, when you're done with that, your school year is done. Now you're playing baseball already. You're into yep. summer. You're going to the pool. You're doing all of those things.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's, and that's happening. That's happening. Um, hopefully, uh, the city of Lincoln, as we talked about last week, is getting all those lifeguards so they can get their pools open for decent hours. By the way, if you're looking for a job for your kid, they are still looking for people to be lifeguards. So if that's something that would be up his or her alley.
2: If you're looking for a non-heated pool that is definitely
1: not warmed up yet, <laughs> your apartment. visit my apartment complex. Hey, they got it filled. It takes a while. Those first few days, <laughs> those first few days are never... Uh, Never the ones you really want to risk it at the uh, at the pool, huh? I think it was it was
2: either Friday or Saturday. Someone was trying to have like I don't know if it was a birthday. There was a lot of balloons, but they were they were using all of the grills that were over there. They had like all the lawn chairs. It was like, it was a full pool pool party, and I was like, all right, that's great. Everyone who was eating looked like they were having a great time. People in the pool, just they were just like, this isn't fun anymore. I don't, I, like, I don't want to get out because I'll be colder than I am. Right. Now I just have to suffer through
1: right. it. Right. You get to that point where you got your whole self covered like under your shoulders, and it doesn't feel great, but you know it'll feel worse if you get out and it'll feel been bad if you get in again and you just kind of stay there in a not comfortable but less uncomfortable situation for the whole thing. There going to be a lot of that at the pools here <laughs> in town over the course of the next couple of weeks. In terms of pool weather though, you know, guys, we got we really have mid 80s straight through over the course for the next full week. Um so we're going to kind of be in that in that you know, warm I was, I was out doing some work outside yesterday, and it felt plenty warm yesterday, but we'll basically have that. And we do have, it looks like, I mean, who knows what happens, but it looks like we got chances of rain coming up uh, Thursday night, Friday, set, all through the weekend, next weekend maybe, which we have another outdoor party schedule next weekend, a little bit smaller one, so we're hoping it's not a ton of it but yeah nothing nothing in terms of rain if you're thinking if you're in the same lawn watering conundrum that I'm in right now nothing until probably Thursday with that whole thing um all right uh, the, Caleb, will you give us the rundown? I this is one of the things I didn't have a good ch- big chance to follow a lot of, but give me the Big Ten baseball sort of uh, situation that we've got here for Nebraska. Well, now. Nebraska
2: came in as the four seed. They would have needed uh, Iowa to lose on Saturday, and they could have been the three, uh, which would have put them up against Michigan. Instead, Nebraska is the four seed that pushes pushes them back to what is technically day two of the Big Ten tournament, taking on Rutgers two o'clock on Wednesday. Um, Everyone else will start their tournament uh, tomorrow. If Nebraska wins, they will play again on Thursday at six. If they lose, they'll play Thursday at ten a.m. All right. So that's kind of where you are there, and then it winning and losing and moving all around, and that goes all the way through the uh, the championship game on Sunday in the uh, afternoon two o'clock
1: and i watched nebraska softball yesterday and i thought i was very excited i was like great we're gonna have a game to watch at night they're leading they just they all gotta get a third strike on one of these batters or get a double play ball here in the top of the seventh and and then Okie State kind of opened up, and, and uh, just the, the, the levy kind of broke for Nebraska softball, and they'd had a lot of, uh, apparently a great day, and I didn't see any of it on Saturday, but a great day on Saturday, and was hoping they'd get a chance to keep going and play last night. But season ends for Ronda Revel, but a good postseason performance mm-hmm. for Nebraska softball as well. Um, and then back into some of the news stuff. Uh, Mark, obviously, we I guess we haven't touched on it because it happened on Friday, but uh, the legislature did pass the I mean, I, you know, we've talked it to death here at this point, uh, but the combined bill on abortion and transgender care for youth uh, governor, I think, uh, is going to sign this today yeah, and today. it goes
3: into effect immediately.
1: Now, I read. OK, I read the abortion portion did go into effect immediately, but the transgender treatments does not until October. Um no uh, i don't i don't maybe we we can we can double check some of that i'll double check yeah. the the news release yeah i read that i've I just read that before and i didn't know so i wondered well i know the abortion that one that goes into effect yes immediately. that does because there was an emergency clause on that which i wondered the same thing wouldn't it be for It'd the be entire bill yeah yeah um and of course i mean look you've whether you followed it or not it it kind of went like you would expect it what it was a it was a raucous day at the capitol it was a lot of emotional raucous testimony on, raucous on steroids Rauc- or some arrests um, six six people arrested yep and i mean by now if you <laughs> i mean you I, I don't know i don't know what to tell you now about any of this if you've been choosing to follow any of it it's it's been you know kind of like it was which is very emotional, very strong rhetoric on every side of this whole thing. Uh, the volume is turned up to, you know, a hundred uh, throughout the in, the entire thing. And um, I, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest, and, and people who are impacted by the bill are maybe going to scoff at me for saying this, but there's like a uh, i can't talk about this anymore right like what else no, it's, you're i right. mean people are where they are on this at this point and like how much more discussion analysis argumentation whatever can there be it's well it'll just, be in the court is where yeah, it, it will in. be
4: now
3: yes yeah, once it's signed I, I i would expect a suit and asking for a stay on it possibly up this afternoon
1: yeah. yeah that could very well be all right, there you go. That's what's going on here this morning at 625. We've got a uh, sportscast coming up next. You're to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN.
0: Get today's top news in sports directly to your inbox.
5: Sign up for The Daily at KLIN.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.
0: Look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound
1: off on LNK Today. All right, welcome back. 55 degrees, sunny skies in the capital city. Uh, Not too much wind right now. It's supposed to kick up, uh, be a little bit more windy here during the course of the day. Today, after we've had fairly mild days for the last couple of days. uh, coming up a little bit later in the show, we'll talk to Tim Haruza. We'll get the uh, latest on the Nebraska legislature as they do get through the debate and the vote. And we'll now be moving on from um, the very extensive discussions, debates on abortion and transgender treatments for youth. They'll move on to the other things that are still left after uh, doing that and finishing up the session. So we'll get the very latest on that with Tim Haruza. will talk to. Mike Schaefer of uh, Husker twenty four seven, Nebraska has a, a new quarterback in the uh, in the fold from in state. They yeah. didn't get they didn't get uh, Dylan Rayola, but they ended up getting out of that whole process uh, a quarterback from Bellevue West who is going to be planning to make his home at Nebraska after next school year. And so we'll hear a little bit about that decision and what that means for the Huskers. So Mike, will have some good insight on that for us coming up. Uh, all right, that's what we've got going on. Uh, today looks to be, today and this week, I guess I should see, should say, it looks to be a big, maybe kind of one of the last weeks uh, of really rounding into shape the 2024 electoral field for the office of president. Um, starting, of course, with the one that I think everybody knows is going to actually come down at some point it's just been like when will this actually happen and that's ron desantis we could finally be here
0: florida's republican governor ron desantis
2: has been a name and a force in the gop early presidential field for 2024 fresh off his resounding re-election victory last november by a 20 percent lead He's been touring in places such as Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina, all early contest states. Despite a number of other declared candidates, DeSantis has been the sole focus of the ire of the Republican frontrunner, the former President Donald Trump. Rumors are swirling of campaign filings coming this week with a public announcement of his candidacy to follow. In Broward County, Florida, Eben Brown, right. Fox News.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't think you need someone to tell you there are rumors there. I think that's, uh, happening. It's just a matter of exact. I don't know why else you're going to New Hampshire and you're going to Iowa and you're going on an international trip talking foreign policy and those sorts of things. You're spending, uh, spending a lot of time in Sioux Center. You're either Dutch or running for president if you're hanging out in Sioux Center for a long period of time, <laughs> one or the other. That's pretty much that's pretty much it. And he and DeSantis, I don't think, sounds Dutch, so probably not that.
2: There are two types of people
1: who <laughs> right, right. visit Sioux, Sioux Center, Center Iowa. who take vac- who's a vacation to Sioux Center in May. Presidential that's, candidates yes. and the Dutch. <laughs> it's true. It's true because I'm one of those, <laughs> and I've and I've spent a lot of time in Sioux Center. Hey, it's a beautiful place. It is. It's it's a nice place. There's some very nice, very nice areas up there in Dutch Country, Northwest Iowa. I'm very familiar. If you ever thinking if you're thinking about taking a trip there, or you're running for president, I can give you some food and lodging recommendations <laughs> if you need it. But he's not the only one. No, no, no. In fact, today we're getting another one too. We're still waiting on the exact date for DeSantis, but we're getting another one today. The exploratory committee has apparently wrapped up its work and give it. Does, I don't know how this works. When you do an exploratory committee, do they? Get back together at the end of doing their exploration and say, well, here are our findings. On whether you should run for president, it's a thumbs down. We say no. Or I mean, they
2: put together the PowerPoint, all the or, things, and then the very last slide: we don't recommend this.
1: <laughs> right? It's, and they play like the. It's like when you get cut from American Idol, and it's like they play the "You Had a Bad Day" song. And I, I was go, hoping, but let's, let's take, so let's the, take the a look. The last Slide pulls up. <laughs> <laughs> but let's take a look at some of the the fun moments you had on your journey. <laughs>
6: so you had a bad day.
1: Anyway, Tim Scott is, uh, they must have said yes.
6: In mid-April, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott formed an exploratory committee to run for president. And throughout the spring, the Republicans been on a listening tour and visited places like Iowa and New Hampshire. But by the end of April, it appeared he'd made up his mind and told supporters that on May 22nd, he'd take the final step.
5: Be in attendance. North Charleston, more details coming your way. We will have a major announcement. You're going to want to be.
6: Another undeclared candidate so far, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis may make it official later this week as well. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News.
1: I still I still have I, uh at some point I think Scott's going to have one of the there's always a kind of lower down candidate who gets on a roll that nobody kind of expected. I still think that's Tim Scott at some point. Now I don't I'm not saying he's going to get the nomination, but I think he will at, later in this thing solidify himself as the that's kind of the third option between Trump and DeSantis which isn't going to get you a win but i think that m- could make things a little bit interesting and who's competing for votes against whom with this whole thing that's just my that's just my prediction maybe it'll happen with Haley or Pence too or or i mean i think those are the only two real serious likely threats to actually win this thing or be in contention at the end of it but uh, you know we we all know how this show ends right we all know how this movie ends <laughs> I think we do at least. Uh, all right. Other uh, things going on. Uh, we got about like a month or so left in the Supreme Court term. And while there's been a lot of news right now, the debt ceiling discussions provide a lot of news, state legislatures providing a lot of news. The next month is going to be replete with big decisions by the Supreme Court that are going to have impacts on policy. Let's get a little preview of what's coming up in the coming days and weeks.
6: Cases concerning affirmative action in college admissions, immigration enforcement, gay and transgender rights in the workplace, and even President Biden's plan to forgive student loans, all have yet to be decided by the U.S. Supreme Court. Justices have likely heard the last arguments of this term, though they will continue meeting to consider cases to take up in the fall, including petitions from former felons suing to have voting rights restored. It's expected the court will issue opinions through June before a traditional summer recess in Washington. Jared Halpern, Fox News. Yeah,
1: so any time now, a little bit. Well, not any time now. It's going to be a while here. But I think for a while we're going to have day after day, week after week with some really significant uh some cream, supreme court stories and that'll be the uh, a big thing during the month of june here in the news cycle uh all right well we always kind of you know we look at this week as you're heading into memorial day and even before we were on the gas prices roller coaster this was always kind of the weekend that people started talking about gas prices because the travel summer travel season kind of began and the demand would get really high around this time of year. So here we are once again at Memorial Day. Where are the gas prices going?
6: The good news about gas prices this upcoming Memorial Day weekend is that they're holding steady for now. The average nationwide price per gallon of regular is $3.53, according to AAA. The reason? Low oil prices and low demand, keeping pump prices low as well. Meanwhile, the American Automobile Association says this coming holiday weekend will be one for the record books, with 42.3 million Americans hitting the road for the unofficial start of the summer of 23. That's a seven percent increase from last year. Karen McHugh, Fox News. Yeah, I don't know if the, I I
1: still have a hard time remembering like how we felt as a nation collectively COVID-wise were we still was there still some hesitation by some to travel last year at this time that's gone from this year like i said it's still kind of hard it's it's still kind of hard to remember exactly where we were at different times but if there if there was i'm sure that you know that accounts for a big part of why you're looking at the potential of huge, huge numbers traveling here this Memorial Day weekend as well?
2: So. Man, and can you imagine? Because they're not open yet; they're not going to be open for another couple of weeks. But those Redway flights, those don't even start till June. Yeah, week, that's so, true. So you've got those. But it sounds like a lot of people have still been going out to the the Lincoln Airport. <laughs> I just the the number of people traveling now compared to a year ago, compared to two years ago right. it it it's really on. On track to, I don't want to call it a, new, like, I, hate, I hated people saying this, but a new normal. Right. But, but I think people have just figured out ways, even with gas prices, even with inflation, mm-hmm. they want to get out and go places.
1: Well, and it goes back to the story that we had last week that there's such a demand for passports right now for people to travel internationally that the passport offices are just backed up and it's taken longer than it ever Uh, And then a lot of people expect it to to actually get those passports that goes to that same thing that I think that you're talking about is people have been been putting off a lot of this stuff for a variety of reasons. And this summer, I think there's just a it, it all is kind of coming together for a lot of people ready to do those things that they haven't been willing to. And especially with international travel, too, because. There were just there were still restrictions and and maybe a, even a different hesitancy about traveling internationally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that there wouldn't have been about traveling domestically even a year ago or eighteen months ago. Well, as well.
2: And another thing from a year ago is you weren't sure. How far any of the the Russia Ukraine stuff may have spread?
1: That's the yeah. You were still too. within
2: a couple of months of that, where it was like, that. okay, is this going to be over quick? Is, is this, this going to start a, to spread
1: in Europe? Yeah, you, that's you, a good you're point. starting
2: to wonder is, how much is, is Poland or Germany going to become involved?
1: That's a great point. Yeah, that's true too. Um, so, <laughs> apparently, an online debate is uh, is getting a whole lot of input uh, with. And, and it's kind of appropriate now as we're coming up on, we just had college graduations here at the University of Nebraska, but the future after going to high school or college, where are you going, where are you working, what jobs are out there, and also where are you living, and if it's at home still with mom and dad, should they be charging you rent?
6: There's a fierce online debate around whether parents should be charging their adult children rent. The Archies are at the center of this debate. Their daughter chose to work full-time rather than enroll in college after high school, so they charged her $200 a month while she lived at home. That's well below the market value for rent. The family's video has gotten nearly a million views. The Archies aren't alone. 85% of parents would let their children move back in as adults or have previously already done so, and most wouldn't charge them rent. They do say, though, that they would ask for some sort of financial contribution, like help with bills and groceries.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I I haven't thought about this, and I hope not to, to be honest. Well, who knows? You never know.
2: If you charge them rent, like if you go through that process, would you want to, because then I don't know what, what the tax implications become, if you are technically a landlord, what all of that ends up looking like. But if you do that and they want to go rent somewhere, a lot of times on the application, they want to know who you've previously been renting from, and whether or not that's a good reference. Those types of things. That's where that could come in. If you, Maybe. you are charging, them I don't rent. know
1: how that works. I, that's a good. That's a good point. I'm not sure exactly how that works. But I also, two
2: two hundred bucks a month.
1: Yeah, right.
2: Right. That feels, well, mom, that's mom a, and dad, you're getting a phone call.
1: That doesn't even feel like rent. Ra- because let's be honest, like if you're bringing in an, if you're bringing in a person, you know, a a, a child into your home an adult child who's yeah. in, in your home right now it's not so much the rent as it is like the the cost that would accrue of some if you know like you rent yeah. right now it's not like that it would it's more like okay more food right yeah. in the house more laundry detergent it's just the the stuff that gets used mm-hmm. that's really where the costs accrue to to people who are doing it and so that's that i mean that just sounds like more of a cost sharing on that sort of a thing yeah which I think is reasonable. Absolutely. Which, but calling it rent sounds... I mean, call it, calling it rent sounds a little deceptive about that, mm-hmm. for that, because that's not really what rent is. Like, when you're paying rent, you're not paying for food. You know what I you know? You what I mean? No. You're not paying for groceries. You're not paying for household items. You're not paying for that, right, that kind of stuff.
2: I mean, because if my rent right now, we'll just say $1,000. It's not $1,000, but let's say it's $1,000. If that went into a fund that then was also paying for my electricity and cable and whatever other bills and food right that's going to feel a lot different than well that thousand dollars is gone right now yeah. how to do these other things the
1: rent is free because it's not costing me anymore just to have you in the bed <laughs> in your old room right but the other there are expenses that come along with it, and that would be maybe the one that i would have a discussion about doing you know F- about figuring that mm-hmm. whole thing i don't know i don't know how that all works i never well you know i guess i live i mean i lived at home in a co- you know in the summers during college but but that was that was really it after that after that i moved into my own apartment during law school and and uh did ever end up going back to my my old room i was only that. home
2: for so, uh for one summer in college
1: really yeah i was home for every summer yeah. after
2: my uh, after my freshman year I lived on my cousin's couch in his basement in Omaha and worked at uh worked at the mall there yeah and then sophomore year I stayed on campus in Illinois and then after after junior year I had to have shoulder surgery so I came back and I I stayed at home because we wanted surgery we really liked the doctor in Kearney so we wanted to be closer to home
1: yeah yeah, I, I will say this, it is, you know, being a uh, parent of an 18-year-old who's still admittedly in high school right now, and I I was 19, 20, 21 when I lived with my parents still in the summers during college, but it's like, okay, how do you move the parent mode to your child as an adult but living in your house now, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> what time are you coming home? I guess, do you still, you know, those kind of questions that you would ask of a 16-year-old that you don't necessarily ask of a... Nineteen, twenty-year-old.
2: Honestly, that was a very weird thing. The first year that I had, that I had come back and went to because they Polish days is coming up in a couple of mm-hmm. weeks there. But through high school, even the summer after I graduated, it was like, all right, well, I'm gonna be home at like 10, 11 whatever. We've got other stuff going on. First summer back, I was just like, hey, yep, I'm headed downtown, and they're like, okay. Right i 'm going to go from here i'm going to go to this house party i'm going to walk home and right. roll I, in at like one thirty in the morning, just like some do, parents, do, do I tell them I'm home
1: right, and some parents can't unlearn the parenting though I'm pretty sure though right, right, like the what you know stay- staying awake until they're back and <laughs> all of that stuff that you might have done when they were sixteen and seventeen and going into adulthood uh all right, a couple more couple more interesting things here. Uh, A voyage to the International Space Station is taking off scheduled this week. Uh, but it's not NASA, this is actually a completely private crew going up to the International Space Station.
6: They're scheduled to lift off at 537 Eastern Time from Launch Complex 39A. Incidentally, that is the same launch site uh, that sent off Apollo 11, which sent the first humans to the moon 54 years ago. Retired NASA astronaut Peggy Whitson, who has spent more time in space than any other American, is commanding AX-2, which is scheduled to dock with the international space station tomorrow morning at 9:30 eastern. She says astronaut training was adapted for what will be a relatively short 8-day mission. Hmm.
1: They get out there and that they get out there in like 14 hours yeah. that's all it takes. Jeez. Yeah,
2: that's interesting.
1: That's crazy. I'm really excited um Caleb for the because growing up the the space program in NASA felt like in the '80s, at least, like it was in its heyday of kids being interested. Kids were kids talked about space all the time in space camp, and we wheeled the the TV in when there was going to be a launch, and we would watch it together. And of course, we had the Challenger that we all uh, all saw live as well. But there were other there were other space shuttle launches, and that was always a big deal. And then for a big chunk of time, it seemed like that kind of went away. But I feel like when they, you know, as they get ready to go back to the moon again. And just the differences, I obviously wasn't around for the first landing of the moon, but I, you know, we've seen the footage, we've heard mm-hmm. the news reports, we've seen the reactions. The, can you imagine how, just with the technology that there is now, what that is going to be like and what that m- moment is going to be like? And uh, are people going to be watching it live the same way that that they did? And just how clear and how different is the the pi- the pictures, the communications, the everything, going to be with that. It's going to be really interesting to see what that does.
2: I'm very jealous of the people that got to that got to experience really the pre-Challenger, um, because w- once you started to get after that, things started to get ratcheted down quite a bit. But like there, there was almost nothing for for my generation growing up when it came to actually watching and it being a thing for yes. s- for not for just launches for space Mm -hmm. launches for anything really happening in space we knew about it we knew about the international space station and some of the stuff going on but it just it was not that big of a a deal because it wasn't happening and it wasn't appointment viewing in the way it seems like everything is coming back now
1: yes yeah and i mean this is this is this is uh it's november 2024 that Mm -hmm. they're planning on doing this so it's not far off. They and that could change, I'm sure, with some of the preparations and those sorts of things. But um, it'll be that'll. I look forward to seeing kind of what that is, what that is like, and how it impacts culture. It, it, obviously, it will less I think than I did the first time. Um, but I'm excited to kind of watch the whole thing and see how how much you can feel like you're a part of that. Uh, last but not least, uh, the movie theater. We're coming up on a big, obviously holiday movie weekend and. Uh, so we're the one before the big holiday weekend, but still, it's getting close to that summer movie season. You might want to book up. The 10th film in the Fast and Furious franchise earned $67.5 million domestically and $319 million around the world to become the new number one movie. Dropping the number two this week. No matter what happens next, the galaxy still needs its guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, which made thirty-two million dollars in its third week,
6: I'll do anything for my brother.
1: The Super Mario Brothers movie finished third this week, making another nine point eight million dollars. The movie has now made just under five hundred and fifty million here at home and over one point two billion around the world. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. Wow! All right, <laughs> Super Mario's printing money. Very impressive. Very impressive. Uh, all right. There you go. That's it for your sound off at 657. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN.
5: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.
6: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
5: ba 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 Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts
0: today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Perfect. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire Capital City. This is K. Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of
1: Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome back to K. Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN, 55 degrees in the Capital City. Glad to have you back with us on this Monday morning. Hopefully a... Uh, fun restful safe and restorative weekend for everyone um i i talked earlier in the show about our big weekend plans we are celebrating a a graduate high school graduate in our house but a side story to that whole thing brought up a brought up an interesting conundrum i'm in and i want to see what you guys think i should do about this because i've got an idea but i don't know if i can actually pull it off but the story goes like this so Uh, I am uh, I'm at my son's graduation party open house and you know been running around like a a chicken with a head cut off for throughout the entire day the whole time and so I haven't been you know I haven't been on my on my phone or or you know scrolling Twitter like I often do or anything like that through the whole day Um, and then there was a you know kind of a a point where there wasn't anybody to talk to just for a second at the party, and I pull my phone out, right, and, and I take a look at it. And I see what I'm about to show Caleb. I see that on my phone screen. Oh, no. <laughs> Which, it uh, my, my phone screen, I'm one of those guys who had my phone screen. Did it get wet? Cra- no. So it cracked months ago after, incidentally, Falling off the bleachers in the east balcony of Memorial Stadium during the Nebraska Illinois game, which, if that day wasn't enough of a crummy day last year, um, glad (laughs) you could carry the memories. Casey Thompson got hurt and my phone got hurt on the same day. Um, and my phone is still around and Casey's gone. But, (laughs) but uh, what I showed, I don't know how to describe Caleb what I just showed, describe what I just showed Caleb, but it looks kind of like if you've ever played Mario Kart. When the little ghost comes around and sprays ink on your windshield and it sort of drips off and you can't see anything on the top, it looks like a combination of that and also like when you put a magnet next to a TV, one of those old TVs and it would really mess up the screen.
2: I would describe it as it looks like like a bad touchscreen like maybe maybe a maybe a laptop computer touch like when you push on the screen. Yes,
1: when you like on an old dot yeah, you can even do it on your monitor here. Yes. Yeah. The the little things, the little waves and colors things that happen. Yes, that's So it's all over But the Mario Kart that was more fun. Yeah, so it's all over the, there's it's it's very hard to read although it's like the bottom of the screen is readable. The top is completely unreadable, and the middle is questionable. With this whole thing, and so that happened on Saturday, and I I was you know planning to go get it fixed, either fixed or replaced or what I don't know how much money this is going to be to do this whole thing, but I wasn't going to do it on on Sunday obviously because uh, there wasn't a whole lot open, and I wanted to know how much it was going to cost to fix it before I made any decisions, so I was going to wait until today, and then yesterday came and. Looking at this phone is so unpleasant right now <laughs> that it, I actively don't want to do, like I would sit down, I'd pull out my phone like I you know, normally would and scroll, you know, scroll whatever we do, check text, ch- whatever it is that you go to, I, I do the same things. But every time I'd look at the screen, I it was so unpleasant to look at that I just put it back, that I didn't even want to be on it at all. Now, it does still work. I took phone calls on it. I... Did like voice to text on it, and I do still have a a watch where my texts come in clear and easy to read on my watch right. at this point, point. and so well
2: I'm glad there's a reason because I told Megan that we just weren't friends anymore <laughs> like, it didn't matter how busy you were we just weren't friends anymore
1: so i and I can text <laughs> back, so I wasn't good to text at all this weekend, but just, just I, so I can do all of the like things you quote-unquote half to be able to do right and so now i'm wondering i was going to go right after work i was going to go get this thing fixed or get a quote on getting it fixed but i'm wondering if i should try and see what life for a week would be like having it having used my phone be an a actually a viscerally unpleasant experience because of how messed up the screen is right now okay there's a couple different and ways am this I going to realize that I'm an addict <laughs> like what, should, should I just try it for a week because I can still take calls, I can still generally get tech and if I really have to try, I can send things I can make it work he, but scrolling and doing the sort of mindless things that we do on our phone it's it's just not fun yeah. it's not pleasant
2: well, and here's the thing with that is I know the amount of time, especially when like huskers are going on. I know how much time I am on my phone, and I know you're very similar with, with, with stuff going on, especially if it's in-game. Now, Nebraska baseball is in the Big Ten tournament this week, um, not projected to win. Yes, I would love for Nebraska to win and make a regional and us follow that whole journey. That's not the projection right now as a four-seed, as, as we, we would tend to know. So realistically, the Nebraska baseball season is done after this week. You don't have anything really Nebraska athletics that you would be super live tweeting for a couple of months. right? So one, you won't have the itch as much, and this might be something that kind of pulls you away from that. My concern is that you get used to that. You get away from the screen. Which, I get, get, wait, you, I
1: get too. You get too healthy. I get, I, get too, I get too. I have too little screen time. Yeah, you're going
2: you're to have too little screen time that by the time we get to the end of August and we are we are rolling them out and ready to go in Minneapolis, then the next week in Boulder, you are not ship shape. <laughs>
1: For these you're, games, you're worried about me not live tweeting, not being on the top of my tweeting game. I am very for concerned about it. I, I, I'm just, I asked the same question to all of you. What, what would happen if your smartphone somehow? I mean, it, you say the same thing happened to mine, but essentially, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like having a flip phone. It's not totally different, but it's still easier yeah. to text. Yeah. That's kind of what it's like, you're, or having a dumb phone. If, if you had that opportunity and yours turned into that would you try it for a while just to see what now here's the you know here's the sort of the recovering addict part of the the thing like last night uh we were working on stuff like we're going in the yard late into the evening my son was gone my daughter had already went to bed and it was time to fix taco salad believe it or not um and uh, and so i was i just got something to eat myself and i i sat down at the kitchen table and i was going to eat it normally what I do when I eat alone, which I think most people do, is you you read your phone, right? While you're eating. I was sitting there, and I, the, there wasn't a TV nearby. There wasn't my phone. I wasn't going to, so I just sat, and I ate in silence by myself, and I was like, did I do this Always. <laughs> I think I usually ate? I think when I was uh, I was I usually would eat breakfast and I read the newspaper is what I usually did but I didn't have a newspaper anywhere and so I was like what do I do while I eat <laughs> there's nobody here to talk to uh-huh. I guess I could move to another room ru- I was like Can I, should I bring it downstairs to my computer and go eat should I go do that I don't really want to walk downstairs it was yeah. the weirdest it was the weirdest sensation yeah to be sitting at the table by myself. And I can tell you, I'm sure you can all think of other scenarios on your regular day when you're, you know, you're alone, and the phone is the go-to, and like, not ha- how long that w- it would take for that not to feel just weird and terrible.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it did. And so I'm sort of interested in the experiment, but I sort of don't want to put myself, but I'm curious what other people would do. Like, is the is it worth realizing how addicted that you might be? Or and and maybe sort of rediscovering the joys of a pre phone world, or do you think that doesn't even exist? Or you're you're too far gone. Well, anyway. I,
2: th- that's why I said there's there's on the one hand the what you do during Husker games and what we what like you're really good at and from an entertainment value, um, and being able to follow along. Yes, the other side of it is we're probably all on our phones too much. Yeah. It, this might be a very like. A golden opportunity for you to have that where it's just not as accessible for you to go into the summer the last summer before your son's off to college, and maybe there is just more non screen time
1: uh, yeah uh, here's the thing I would have to do i would you remember uh and this is not to get graphic with this, but you remember going into people 's bathrooms back in uh in the nineties and the eighties and times before that before that and they had a ra- they had a, a rack of uh, magazines down there. <laughs> oh, we had those growing up too. <laughs> right? I'm going to need reading material everywhere. That's number 1. I got I just got to read something. I read a lot of hunting that's, and
2: fishing stories. That's all I <laughs> need. If
1: you would have given me like a magazine it's that it's the it's those moments. It's sitting and eating alone, it's in the bathroom, it's probably if you have a like a commute when you're riding in a car, um it's all of those things. I just I think as long as I had something to read That would be good. And wasn't sitting there alone with my thoughts for an extended period of time. (laughs) What are we seeing on the text line? So
2: Julie says, your phone conversation is stressing me out. (laughs) We're heading out of the country on vacation this Saturday with four smartphones. It will cost us $10 a day per phone to be able to use them as we do in the United States. My husband would prefer that several of us just put them on airplane mode and not use them unless we are connected to Wi-Fi. It causes such anxiety to me, but I do think I am an addict.
1: Yeah. that I mean, that's the, that's kind of the same thing. It's the same thing. Like those moments, at least if you don't need, at least if you would have a screen and you don't have internet, you probably still have things you could do, though, mm-hmm. the, like time passage. There's probably a game or, a, or you could download things onto it right. to read or those sorts of things or things would automatically download while you are on Wi-Fi. So, maybe that would be a middle ground on this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to, de- I got to decide before this morning is over if I'm going to, if, if I'm going to just say, Hey, listen, this is who I am now, right? Everybody, this is everyone now. And trying to just have a, a you know, a random experiment that isn't going to ever take hold has no value at this point. Or is there a potential I discover something of yesteryear that I'll be like,
2: Hey, this was great? Do you find something in yourself?
1: We sat out like we we uh, sat out last night. We built a patio in our our uh, backyard for our fire pit. Um, we got one of those solar stoves, and we were sitting around it. And I ended up outside by myself last night, and I didn't take my phone. I was listening. I was listening to music. I was like, I can't tell if this is great or terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know if it's great or terrible.
2: We went and had a uh, we did a picnic for lunch yesterday out at Holmes Lake, and I left my phone. In the car, because well, I was just trying to grab everything, and I just forgot it. We were sitting there and eating, and I was just like, we should do this more. Yeah. Like, it was just, it's nice. Now, there's a lot of things that we have to do with our job that involves sometimes a little bit of doom scrolling to make sure we know what's happening. Right.
1: I think but, I could do everything I need to essentially do with my broken phone right now mm-hmm. for my job and for my life. Yeah. I could do all of it. Well, so So what's the... Is
2: the alternative just fixing it or is it upgrading and getting a new phone? I don't know
1: what I have if I can just whichever's cheaper frankly whichever's more I don't know. I got to find that out today.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't I think if I get a new one I got to trade this in and they're definitely not going to ta- or else I pay out the out the wazoo right. or else I can like downgrade a bunch and get like an iPhone 3. <laughs> Probably for like eighty bucks,
2: <laughs> they'll probably just <laughs> so, hand
1: you that. The one with the button before it even before it even had the fingerprint on it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> there's no face ID. I don't know. Yeah, or or could I mean? There's also a scenario, Caleb. You're right. There's a scenario before dinner tonight. I've got like a the newest model of the iPhone. I take this. I got a newer one that can do even more. This guy right here. It's nice. Am I going back? I, I would say this isn't going back to the 1970s. This is like going back to like 2007 is what I'm on the verge of here. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Wait, curious what you think. You want
2: the iPhone shuffle? <laughs> you, you don't know what app it's going to open. I don't know.
1: God, this is just so unpleasant to look Man, at. I I it. it stresses me out. I, I should put like a, that. Post a picture. All right. It's 725. It's LNK Today. Text. Let me know what you think at 402
5: on KLIN.
1: Yeah. All right, let's get things started today with number five. LB five
3: seventy four passed Friday, thirty three to fifteen. It's better known as the Let Them Grow Act, prohibits gender affirming care for LGBTQ plus Nebraskans under nineteen. And then the amendment that was filed, uh, limiting abortions uh, after week twelve. Uh, the law will be signed into, or the governor will sign it at twelve thirty this afternoon the let them grow act and the preborn uh, protection act will be signed the preborn portion has an emergency clause attached as you mentioned earlier this morning and that becomes effective once it's signed the other one is is later this fall
1: okay so the tra- the one's about transgender gender affirming treatments that's later the abortion restrictions go into effect immediately after yes. it's signed by the governor which will happen today and wouldn't be surprising today if you hear about lawsuits filed immediately maybe i don't know if it'll be the aclu or others that then kind of the judicial process on this whole thing will start probably fairly quickly you expect that too i assume mark absolutely yeah yeah i mean look i don't i feel like guys we have uh we have talked i we've tried to give on these two issues which i know i've got people who are listening who feel different ways on about all of these things and are probably incredibly emotional and passionate about it or maybe not um I, I feel like we have I have tried at least to continue to just give people straight up hey here's what's happening here's what's likely to happen here are the possibilities here's what people are saying and try and do it that way uh, but I feel like the arguments I don't know I don't feel like anybody I don't feel like anyone really convinced anyone of anything <laughs> this entire like long-running, constant dialogue that we had about this
3: but, but the only thing that that was convincing was to change from the heartbeat portion of the of the bill which was about six weeks to the uh 12 week uh you know there were some i don't think you changed anybody's position but they changed their vote yeah because they
1: ever that's uh, true they, that, yeah that didn't end up going through but they, they probably
3: felt getting something was better than nothing
1: I mean, on the, at the end of the day, you've got the sides on this that are so far apart. I mean, just look at the rhetoric on the floor, just to see how incredibly far apart the sides are on this, and sort of all of the, the, the you know, the personal animus that that comes into it too, and the really strong language that that comes out in the way that opponents are characterized in this whole thing. I mean, we are not close to. I mean, I hate to be negative on this whole thing, but we're not particularly close to having consensus at least between the sides on how to navigate this situation. And I'll tell you what, i you know, the legislature all around didn't serve us by having a particularly productive discussion on, on these things at all. And I'm not saying you got to come away with the whole thing and be kumbaya and everybody agrees because that doesn't happen. But I did not feel like... I, I mean, I feel like here. I, I feel like we could have brought in a uh, listeners or or us or whomever who who disagreed on this and had a wildly more productive discussion on this than we really ever saw at the legislature oh, on this whole thing. No, I doubt. no I, doubt. I mean, I just think everybody's yeah, and and I think like I sort of hesitate to say this because I know it's. These issues are so personal and so important to so many people, but, like, I can't, I'm, like, what, I can't, there's a level of how much you can hear about it, right, <laughs> in terms of, in ter- nothing's changing, so, holy cow, right, yeah, I'm, yeah. it is what it is now, people, I, I know, you know, there's a, there's a reality about where people are on this thing, and they're not changing on either side of it, so... Unless you're going to do something meaningful to have a, a meaningful or a different discussion, I'm fine with not hearing about this for a while, to be honest. Yeah. Because, and it's and it's everywhere. It's not even just the legislature. It is, every, it is everywhere. You turn on the TV or you talk about what's going on in local, you know, the local business and politics world. It all comes down to these culture war things where people are so wildly apart and are thinking about these things so much. Um... I mean, for me, I don't know about everybody else, but there's an exhaustion
3: on it. I've never seen the uh, what I would call the culture clashes as uh, rampant and as raucous as they are
1: now. Yeah. Oh, completely. Completely. So um, the, it'll be, <laughs> I, I know, maybe it sounds terrible for some people for me to say this, but it'll be nice not to hear about this every day for a while. To oh, I be think honest, cause I it's think... just depressing.
0: I think we're going to hear about a lot now. Yeah, you're
1: probably right. Maybe yeah. I'm totally wrong on that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Number four. A Norris High School teacher accused of having a sexual relationship with a student at school has been booked into the Lancaster County Adult Detention Facility. Uh, LSO says the investigation determined 23-year-old Lily Bowman developed a relationship with a
1: student this past March,
3: and it became sexual.
1: Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have anything to add to... Uh, to this situation uh obviously one that uh they came in and 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 arrested her took her out of class i understand and and arrested her and um english teacher apparently for for ninth and tenth graders and you know we've seen stories like this before but we'll see a boy heck of a i mean just a heck of a thing to have here right at the end of the school year though yeah right um on this thing so yeah. I don't I can't think of anything that I can add to the uh to the story there on that.
3: Nothing to add. Dun- nothing
1: yeah. nothing to add.
3: Number 3. Brusca's unemployment rate dropped from a pandemic era high of more than 8% 3 years ago to 2%. Latest data out Friday from the labor department, the dip contributed to the Husker state's nat- top national ranking. WalletHub considers various unemployment related metrics over multiple years. Uh, Nebraska's unemployment rate for April, uh, down a bit from March, 2%. Wow.
1: That's, I mean, that's, uh, and and even when there was a pandemic-era high for Nebraska at, at 8%, it was still lower than, you know, all kinds of other places. Oh, absolutely. This is Mark, when you hear that, it, both Lincoln and the state as a whole have been historically very low in this, almost sometimes so historically low that it it almost goes too far well, being low.
3: Actually we have we have a very large workforce shortage yes. right now in the state. Uh, I've talked to some businessmen and women in the last few weeks and they're finding it very, very difficult to find employees.
1: Yeah, that's that's crazy. So only only South Dakota is lower than Nebraska, and that's by one tenth of a percent. What are they at work? are one one point nine. Percent Nebraska is two, and then at two point one, you've got New Hampshire and North Dakota, Alabama at two point two, Montana at two point three, Utah at two point three. Just to give you an idea of the other states as well. And
3: part of what happened is during the pandemic when there were so many people laid off, uh, some of those people just didn't come back to the workforce.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's kind of what we saw, and then you've got. I know in the Examiner article, they talked to Ernie Goss about it, and he was talking about this concept of labor hoarding when employers don't want to let workers go because they're afraid they're not going to get them back. And so that's, they're not going to get someone back at this whole thing. And so that's been a part of it. And Nebraska's typically, like you said, and and I said, Nebraska's typically had a low unemployment rate. And then on top of it, as you said, now you add on. The post-pandemic shortage of workers that happens and that's just putting the low unemployment rate on drugs that yeah and and it you know you add into
3: that the uh, the increase in minimum wage yes uh, is a factor uh, people start to look at automation is, is it you know do we put robots in not only because of the the wage issue but also just lack of workforce
1: yeah and this is why by the way this is why you hear Conversations at the city level, at the state level, among the business community about getting people, getting workers into the state. Because there is a huge market. There is a, a shortage of supply of which, labor here. Which
3: was one of the arguments the opponents of LB 574 were making. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it works its way into a whole lot of policy discussions. Yes. Um, I'm not sure, some of them, how much it impacts it, but... Um, it's a talking point, anyway. Yeah, it, it is. But yeah, it's interesting stuff there.
3: Number two. Host season continues for Nebraska Diamond Sports. Softball, though, fell in the regional final of Oklahoma State yesterday. Uh, NU baseball set to begin Big Ten tournament play this week.
2: Yeah, that's softball. There was <laughs> Nate Rohr. Had a heck of a weekend on on, on the was, call for the Huskers. I radio did. I didn't
1: watch. I actually did see the very end of the last game, but I didn't hear his radio calls. But uh, until I saw the highlight package afterwards yesterday morning, and he had a night on Saturday, didn't he? They had to cut. Co- well, a, first of all, he's a great play by play guy. Their, I love uh, what he does.
2: Their first game on Friday, we were going to have it here until it got pushed back. They didn't start their first game till like nine nine thirty.
5: Oh really? At yeah. night
2: on Friday. Lost that, had to come back, play a couple on Saturday, and then had to get to Sunday and go, well, now you're taking on the the host. You got to beat them just to force an if necessary game. And they were up 2-1 going into the seventh inning. Just not quite enough right at the end. Oklahoma State puts up four on the board. They take it. 5-2, Five to two, eliminate wow. Nebraska, who just left it all out there on the field. Yeah,
1: and Nebraska was one pitch away from winning that. They lost five to two, but they were, you know, a double play or what a was strikeout. it? Two
2: to one with bases loaded.
1: Yeah. Oh, with the uh, in, in that top of the seventh inning. Well, in the top of the seventh. Yes, they did. But they also got they got the, an out, and there was a runner at first with one out. Yeah. I mean, and I think there were two strikes on on uh, one yeah. of those batters after that, and so it was. Razor thin, but they played well, had a good season, and there are, I think, only at least two seniors now. Courtney Wallace will be a big loss on that team, um, but m- a lot of that team returns. For well, next year, a so. lot of
2: that team returns. And if we, as we look at them real quickly before looking at the Big Ten baseball tournament, where where is Nebraska now that you have the transfer portal available? Yeah. There is an open spot for someone who wants to go, whether they want to be a number one or a number two pitcher. You you've got the opportunity yeah. here in Lincoln. And yeah. I think that's where Ronda Ravel's is going to look. Transfer portal, go get a pitcher who can come in, maybe a couple of them, who you can start Not so you're not so dependent like you were this yeah. year on Courtney Wallace and then mixing in Harness. They had a third one who was just injured all year, so you didn't get a, a whole lot of rotation with it. There is an opening here in Lincoln with the Nebraska softball team to be part of a really, really good club, right. but they need someone in that circle. Now, baseball this week, yeah. they are the four seed, which means – Everyone else will start their Big Ten tournament tomorrow. Nebraska will take on Rutgers Wednesday at two o'clock, which means you're already a little bit behind the eight ball on uh, on rest.
1: Right. But, I guess on the other hand, you get time to let you know whoever used this yep. weekend. Yeah. You know get, but the Big Ten's worried about the games going too long, and so they went to a different format for the tournament. They used to try playing four games in one day, and. Then you have the inevitable thing that happens in conference tournaments where the games are starting at eleven PM. Yep. Especially if there's weather that's involved. And so they shorten it so there's a fourth game. And you know, right, if you can win that, you probably have you probably have a game against Maryland then. Mm-hmm. Um, in that next round. But Maryland plays in a bandbox, right? And Nebraska and Maryland, they're the two power hitting teams in this conference. And they, so they
2: are leading the league between the two of them. They have hit. Over 200 home runs this season between the two of them. Yeah, that's a lot, guys. Yeah. Hey. So, so you you have got a couple of power hitting ball clubs in a in a stadium that doesn't lend itself necessarily
1: to power hitting. Yep. Yeah. Hey, you know, it'd be great if they could have Emmett come out. Uh, I assume he'll start the uh-huh. first game. Have him come out and work. S- I don't know, seven innings or something. If you could get uh, against that, Rutgers save that and bullpen. then get that matchup against Maryland where okay I mean, that's the ma- that is if you get to that bullpen that game with your bullpen, where you can do a lot with your bullpen in the big park and just put it all on the line for that game, mm-hmm. things get really interesting. But there's a lot of ifs before that. Yeah, nope. And not to mention Bryce Matthews back.
2: Yep, yep. Well, it, it back because of his back where he yes. he was out all weekend because of tightness. He's been battling that lately. Expect him to be there. Max Anderson broke a Big Ten record for home runs in a season, and Nebraska as a team now officially has that single season record for home runs in a year.
1: All right. So you hear the Big Ten tournament games right here on KLIN starting on Wednesday, the Nebraska Big Ten tournament games, that is.
3: Number one. Microsoft's new phone link feature for Windows 11 now allows iphone users to view notifications on their windows computers but app developer Certo software says the new feature raises concerns about potential security lapses that could be exploited by cyber stalkers that target iphone users
1: that's too bad because i have a broken phone screen and i could use a different place (laughs) and all i have is windows computers and i could use a different place to see my iphone notifications
3: well you can just don't let anybody else see
1: you. I, I, I was I'm a little I'm a little worried about the cyber stalkers getting in. Well, they have, uh,
3: first thing they have to do they have to have physical access to your iPhone oh. to, to set up the phone link.
1: Oh, okay. I so I see that they would get it and then they would set it up on their computer. So watch right.
2: out for your kids.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or a coworker. Like would that be useful getting your I getting your uh, notifications on your Windows computer for cuz like it's I'll I do have an old Mac that I sometimes use. And every time you get a text message on my phone, it comes in on the computer, too. And you can reply to the text on the computer if you want to. I can't tell... I think that would be a good feature. I think that would be a feature that it's I would there. use.
3: All you need is Windows 11.
1: Huh. I might have to try that. I didn't know you could even... you could even do that. I know, that's the whole... that's the thing, and I think most of us do this. We live a Apple life with our phones. And we live a Windows life with our computers now. I know there are people who are all Apple, or I know there are people who are Android. And, but, but there, but there I think is a most large amount are, of people that do that. And it doesn't. There are a bunch of things that don't cross over near as well if you do the the Apple computer. It's just the problem is those stupid computers are so expensive.
2: That's a big. That's why that.
1: a lot. And the one I had not that great.
2: Not that these phones it, are cheap either.
1: I I tried the Apple. I tried the the Mac thing. Nope. Didn't like it. And, I, heard, and I've got, I know people who are so loyal, so loyal, and I just... I'm, I missed Windows. I did. There were a, a few things I liked, a few things that were really good. I thought the photo editing was great. There were a couple other things, but in general, I just wanted to get back on my laptop.
2: Here's the thing. The, what Mac does really, really good is it works well for digital creators. Mm-hmm. That's just not... like Obviously, we, we, other, we yeah. use some, some audio editing... But it's a lot of being able to do stuff with images, being able to do stuff with video. Those people, for what they do on Mac, is amazing, yeah. and it's just better than what Windows can produce. We don't use that enough that it makes sense that and, it wouldn't wouldn't fit what you're trying to do.
1: And I had, and, and and then I had my entire lifetime of being of you getting used to Windows and mm. doing all knowing all the tricks and shortcuts and the things being on the right to close a window instead of the left, and <laughs> the left click instead of the right click, and. That's part of it, too, is just kind of muscle memory from doing that thing. But.
3: So, in other words, my old line, uh, if you've got money enough to buy a Mac, you've got money enough to buy a computer, uh,
1: probably doesn't go over very
3: well anymore, huh? <laughs>
1: That's not... I guess not. All right, that's it for your morning drive. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Retirement and Wealth Management. It's 7.56 on KLIN. When you-
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1,499.3 KLIN. I start walking your way, you start walking now.
1: All right, time to meet in the middle with Tim Arruza, talking Nebraska news and a politics and a doozy of a Nebraska legislative session that is uh, getting close to wrapping up. Good morning, Tim. How you doing today?
6: I'm doing well, Jack. How are you? I'm good.
1: I am good. And uh, here on a Monday, and it's it's now a few days old. It's it's funny how fast the news cycle moves. It feels like this is kind of old news now. But, of course, Friday was a, uh, you know, maybe it's an overused term to say, a, a historic day in the legislature, not just because of the passages of of the bills that happened, but just kind of the the wrap-up as of what has been... Uh, I don't even know what the adjective is—a chaotic, a, 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 an unprecedented uh, weeks of debate and discussion of procedural moves on these two bills. What was um, <laughs> from what you've heard, what you've seen, what was uh, Friday like in the uh, in the legislative session?
6: Uh, an interesting day, I think, to say the least, Jack. I mean, you're totally right. Uh, Friday was sort of the. Culmination with the passage of two bills and one at one more than the other, I think, that have really led the conversation or taken the um, brunt of the focus for the chaos is a good word for it. Right. The stagnation, the consternation over how the legislature is going to operate this year. Um, both bills end up passing. Um, and I, you know, now we turn to like <laughs> the last few days of the legislature and sort of looking back at how this thing has played out the two bills passed um in in dramatic fashion i mean i don't think there's any other way to put it right a very dramatic fashion or the first time that anybody i know can recall protesters actually throwing things onto the legislative floor from the balconies um with tampons and pads that were thrown from the balcony onto senators Um, i talked to one senator i think that was you know hit with one of them which again is not like it's like physically going to harm anybody but at the same time we've never crossed that sort of rubicon in the legislature where we have protesters who are actually physically throwing things over the balcony edge um down at the senators on the floor and and i think that's an interesting tone and precedent for things moving forward and like we can point the finger at whose fault it is right as to how that's all going but nevertheless i do think that we've we've crossed some lines this year that have never been crossed before. and It'll be interesting to see sort of what work is done over the interim and then heading into next session, if any, to try to like patch up some of that or like keep it from happening again. Right. To take, I think Senator linnean got up and was talking about bringing the tone down. I, I think that has to happen. Right. Like I know these are huge, huge issues. And I do not mean to belittle at all the issues that are on the legislative floor. They're being discussed, but like, well, we're talking—you know—throwing things over the edge. I mean, it's yeah. There's a there's a lot that happened on Friday, Jack. <laughs> let's just say. Yeah, there's a lot that needs to be unpacked about how you how you like try to bring things under control again, heading into the next session and into and the future, so that we don't end up in the same place. Yeah, you know, a year from now.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt, no doubt about it um the now that these bills were passed kind of like we expected that they will be and will be signed i say bills it was one bill uh that will be signed by the uh the governor today obviously i don't think any of these discussions are over obviously by any means but what's kind of the immediate the immediate aftermath challenges what's kind of next in this whole saga that obviously is going to continue
6: Unclear. Um, The the governor's going to sign him. I I guess I haven't seen that he signed him over the weekend, so I assume that they're going to have a signing ceremony of some sort um, this week, which is, you know, I'd say ceremony, but that's typically how we we refer to it, where the governor will do a press conference or um, have a bunch of advocates and stakeholders on that side that that appear and sign the bill alongside or witness, I guess, the signing of the bill. Um, I expect that to happen uh, in the next couple of days. Where it goes from here, it's unclear. There's been some quotes in the media from some of the opponents to the legislation that they're going to be looking at it. A lot of this, too, Jack, if you followed, whether it's, whether it's abortion or whether it's the trans piece, either side of those bills, like, the big challenge that you have legally is you've got to find a plaintiff that has standing that's, like, in the proper position to bring the case. Um to kind of get it looked at if you're going to try to challenge it from a legal or constitutional standpoint. So uh, a lot of that, I think, I don't think it'll happen immediately. I mean, it could happen quicker than later, but it was very clear from the comments in the aftermath that there are several groups out there that are looking to find ways to challenge it legally and, and take it to court.
1: And even, and then I guess my next question is, even if nothing has changed judicially about any of these, do they you know do they come back to the legislature is there you know are there more restrictive discussions? is there discussions on making either of these more restrictives or, or going the other chase or trying to re- repeal them i i assume the answer is yes i guess the question is what those are going to look like exactly
6: uh that's a, yeah that's a tough one for the answer because i i think i at least from my standpoint again i'm just kind of shooting from the hip from conversations you hear or things that you see in the media but some of the quotes in the media, particularly after the after the abortion piece was amended onto the transgender piece last week, um, Senator Ben Hansen, who offered that amendment, one of his quotes that really stuck out to me was, um, "Sometimes you got to eat the apple one bite at a time, right?" Which sort suggests very strongly that the 12-week ban is, you know, it's what they can get, it's what they're going to do, it's being passed this year because that's what they get for 33 votes. But hey. We're probably not done on that issue moving forward. The same is probably true on the transgender side um, in terms of kind of how that works. I do think that this bill in particular may take a backseat to some other, I mean, focuses moving forward. So Senator Kowt introduced um, the Let Them Grow Act, which is the piece that passed, right, dealing with the treatment for minors. Um, the other component bill that she had is one called sports spaces or something, I think was the title of it, but it, it ultimately dealt with like the the locker rooms and bathrooms issues in high schools mm. and then who can compete in high school athletics. I sort of wonder if next year, the focus will be more in that, that yeah. side of the arena on this particular, um, aspect of the, the transgender issue and, and minors as opposed to, sort of where we're at with the treatment and those sort of things this year so
1: because that's what a lot of other states were dealing with this this session
6: yeah yeah yeah, and a lot a lot of other states did the sort of the who can compete in athletics yeah maybe the year before right Mm -hmm. so a year and a half two years ago and nebraska just has a different process right we have a 10-day window when you introduce bills in january and after that it's really tough in other states I mean, at different times during legislature, they can introduce a bill and pass it in a week or so after, as long as they jump through the hoops. So it's a little bit, it's just a little bit different process, and it leaves us and focusing on different things at different times.
1: I, I know I normally kind of rely on you just kind of explaining the process and things, but I'm just curious: was any th- through all of this, especially on the transgender issue and the discussions that were had day after day, week after week on the floor, the arguments back and forth is like. Has there any, uh, maybe, I mean, maybe everybody just thinks progress is their side, you know, being the one that kind of prevails in this thing, but is there any kind of progress on the actual discussion that's happening on this thing? Are we getting any closer to any sort of lowest common denominator on any of this? Cause it doesn't seem like it to me.
6: <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure what you mean. Like in terms like, of, is there, is, is there productive conversation that's going on surrounding what the the right quote-unquote, okay. sort of right answer is I here, guess let like me le, let part. me
1: rephrase it like th- this is th- th- these the sides on this issue are as I mean you can just look at the country right the sides and the sort of vitriol on this issue and emotion with it is at is at code red level all the way around the country right now and it's not like that on some other <laughs> it's not like that on some other issues where people disagree and I don't know that we did anything I, I don't know it just it doesn't seem like there's going to be any kind of of productive conversations relationship everything is just so hot right now on this is is what it seems yeah. like um and and uh, maybe that's I, just that's just that just happens when you've got people who believe their their position is right and the other side is is completely wrong so i don't know well,
6: i think that that's probably where i'd start which is a kind of both sides of this thing are pretty sure that their position is is pretty close to unimpeachable, right? That, yeah. that they've got the right answer, that either they're protecting kids, or either they're doing what's right for the parents and the kids, or however. Like, on either side, you, you hear both of those arguments on, on either side of those issues, and particularly on the transgender side. Um, obviously, on the abortion side, it turns into sort of a, what do the medical doctors say versus... Uh, one oh, of the other side of the medical doctors, <laughs> right? It kind of goes back and forth. But I, I think the answer to your question, Jack, is that Nebraska saw some of that process play out where you kind of had the opposing factions sit down in a room and, um, you know, John Kavanaugh, who's a senator, a Democrat senator from Omaha, gave a pretty long discussion throughout. and And really the return to select file motion is kind of what I'm thinking about. When he gave a pretty long discussion about the meeting group that they had regarding the transgender bill. So you had several Democrats and several, several Republicans in a room over a two week period, sort of negotiating what they could and couldn't find for middle ground. And Kavanaugh put together, I think, was I think John Fredrickson was, is part of that too, but those two kind of put together a version of the bill that walked through some of like the counseling and those sort of things from what they saw as the science and medical side, while also kind of respecting the parental rights side. The Re- the Republican side took, I think some of the ideas by sort of punting, I guess, or giving the options of the chief medical officer to open the door for certain types of treatment that are deemed safe, but it, it never got to the point where they got to a compromise, if that makes sense. I think both sides are, I think that definitely the folks who passed the bill and say this is a compromise amendment, it it accepts and acknowledges the opposition's disagreement, But I don't think I don't think they ever got to that point where you might have seen in the past on taxes and again, not trying to equivocate the two, but the process I think is similar, right? Where you put a group of Democrats, a group of Republicans who are kind of negotiating the term into a room and they walk out with something that nobody's super happy with, but that they're all going to vote for, right? Yeah. Yeah. It solves the issue at least temporarily or it comes to resolution and it passes a bill. We don't really see that type of compromise this year on these, these issues. And may, and I don't know that we're going to see that on the social issues, right? So on these types of no. these issues where it's one side is right, the other side is wrong, and there's no, at best, like you're going to see what you saw here where what we thought was a negotiation ended up being referred to as listening sessions. A version of the bill came out that seemed to be receptive to some of the key pieces, but didn't do it in the way that the other side had maybe suggested doing it. And you get, you get a quote-unquote compromise bill, piece of legislation that ultimately has the votes to pass it. Right? It's not everybody is agreeing to do this. Nobody gets what they want, but everybody gets something. It just doesn't. It doesn't seem to work like that on these issues, like it does on, on taxes or school finance or whatever the business issue. Um, uh, business incentives bill, like yeah. tax credits, those sorts of things where you kind of get to a compromise on how to approach it.
1: I don't know. Maybe I'm living in a dreamland, but just once I'd like somebody to get up and say, you know what, this is really totally complex, and I'm not, I'm not even totally sure what I think, and my opinion, as you, the word used, use, my opinion isn't necessarily unimpeachable on this thing, and I also don't think the people that disagree with me are, you know, Satan. Uh, so to me, I, th- I mean, I'm just dying for someone to... To say that and think that, and maybe they do in the background, but that's certainly what not not what came out of this entire thing. And until you have that, it doesn't feel like you can even coexist
6: um, in the yeah. legislature
1: or elsewhere with on these there issues.
6: Interest, there are interesting moments of that, Jack. Like, and especially it's not necessarily on the record or like during the debate on the bill, but uh, there's a piece in. I think it's New York Magazine, um, The Intelligencer, maybe, or something like that, has a long-form piece where a reporter from New York came out and was hanging out in the You know, we all saw that person walking around, interviewing senators. There's some interesting quotes kind of in that article, too, from Republicans. I think Senator Rippey's quoted, like, as, hey, this is, this is a really, really hard bill, and I can't remember, he uses, like, an analogy that I thought was really clever in the moment. I don't remember it off the top of my head now when he's talking to the reporter. And then she just, she asked him, like, hey, are you going to, you know, what are you waiting for? Do you want to see And he's like, I'm not not taking a side yet. I'm just kind of going to see if the plane lands a little more softly, right? Yeah. And so I think there's, and you know, even Senator Janet Hughes is quoted in there. Senator Armanderas is like, I don't want to be talking about this bill. Um, yeah. Like, It's not not super fun, and a lot of them, like, you know, will admit they're not, I don't know, the best way to approach this. But at the same time, you you have people telling you one thing on each side of the aisle, and then you're forced. Once you're in the arena, I mean, Nebraska allows the president not voting, I guess, but you're forced to make a decision when they're together in yeah. Nebraska. So, it's um, just, once, it's, you're, once you're once you elected officially, you got to push the red or green light.
1: I asked him because this issue, especially with transgender, it's infiltrating everywhere where there are these battles going on. Not just in the legislative chamber, in the you know, in the in the business world, in the education world, in the nonprofit world, everywhere. It's it, it, it's everywhere right now, um, and you know, I don't. I I just wonder if everything's going to be as is going to end up kind of the same way that it felt like the legislature was in that thing. But maybe there are stories there that just didn't come out as front and center about this whole thing, and we didn't see. But that's not how it feels watching it from the outside. So, uh, anyway, uh, I wanted to talk a little voter ID, but I think we are out of time now. So no, we can do it real quick. Just give me. I got like a minute or a little more left than that. Sure. Uh, what's what's left to happen on on voter ID? Is it uh, is it looks like Senator Brewer's uh, version of this that's a little less restrictive is going to be the one that goes through what's left to happen in this whole thing
6: uh, i slated for general file debate today as you kind of if you followed the story last week senator Swama introduced the original bill disagreement between her and um the government committee on you know what it should look like the government affairs committee picked out kicked out a bill there was objection to how that was done and so what they've done is they sort of gutted another bill and then put this into it, um, which is up for general file today. Senator Slama vowed last week to kill it. So it will be a will be a battle, I guess, I think, today, of um kind of what where Senator Slama's at, where the rest of the legislature's at, and what they're able to get moving forward. But it should go I think they're slated to go eight hours on it today, Jack. So we should have a general general file first round vote on voter id as of tonight hopefully
1: and then in those 2024 elections that's the first time you'll be trying this out so no pressure
6: <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. next spring right
1: sure. yeah <laughs> primary and then obviously happening in the the general too and we'll we'll see how that impacts those uh, very significant elections uh, all right great to talk to you tim thank you for the insight we'll check in again uh here in a couple weeks next week's memorial day so we'll see you in two weeks all right all right
6: take care jack you
1: no know, tim Marusa. Friend of the show, 827. We'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN.
0: Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All
1: right, welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us. 63 degrees in the capital city. And, uh, well, we had... Big news in the uh, Nebraska football. It's kind of a slow time for Nebraska football, but big news in the recruiting world and in the future at the uh, the position that typically gets the most attention when it comes to that. And uh, to join us right now to talk about that and more from Husker 24-7 is Mike Schaefer. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing today?
4: I am doing well. I'm doing well. It uh, was, a, was a busy weekend. It's always, always kind of fascinating you have the holiday weekend coming up you think that memorial day weekend is going to be really busy and then for whatever reason for me and you i suspect uh yes I missed, I missed your son's grad party that's all right i still i still have a card i owe him
1: that's good i'll uh, tell him
4: <laughs> yeah no i'm, I'm sure he's, he's making notes and you know was writing people off for life that they didn't show up which is understandable that's what you do
1: no, you missed uh, it. I the you missed the real part of the real excitement of the party is we had some member of the uh state champion class A state champion baseball team there and uh I wore the uh medal around for a while at oh, the party. Wow. So that was that? that was that was a nice party favor.
4: Was that game on Saturday where they like did they show up right after they won? Was uh, the celebration? It was party Friday night. House?
1: It was Friday night. Okay.
4: Yeah. All right. So then it was just the delayed celebration. A yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's all. That's, that's, you. I mean, uh, whatever. The the, uh, the, 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 you didn't miss anything else other than, that, other than a lot yeah. of tacos, and I still have those. So you're good. Hey, uh, well- uh, uh, tell us, tell us a little bit, Mike. About kind of give us the sort of the the story for people who don't maybe follow recruiting super super closely of of the new Nebraska quarterback Daniel Kalen, uh, the new commit there um, goes to Bellevue West. He's a 2024 guy, of course. Fans are probably familiar with the the continued sort of flirtation with uh, Rayola over the course of the last multiple years here with Nebraska. They move on. Kalen's committed to Missouri, ends up coming to Nebraska. What's, give, give me a little bit of like a, kind of the deeper story of what was going on with this whole thing from uh, over the course of the last several months.
4: Yeah, this thing is, is pretty fascinating. And you said several months. This goes back to 2021. I mean, okay. it's, uh, it's kind of a unique situation, and I think Daniel Kalen deserves a lot of credit for writing it out. And so I'll, just, I'll, I'll walk you through the whole timeline. It goes back to to 2021. He picks up an offer from Florida State, his first Power Five offer. He's a freshman at Bellevue West. It's May. And, like, the next day, Mario Bredusto calls and offers for Nebraska. And so then he's kind of on everyone's radar at that point. But it sort of feels like an odd offer. He wasn't the starting quarterback at Bell West. He's a long way away. You know, we're not, at that time, at that time, we're not accustomed to these early offers in state. So it was a little weird. Uh, And his first visit to Nebraska, or first real big visit to Nebraska, he's going to go hang out with the staff and hang out and watch Friday Night Lights. And it happens to be on the same day that Dylan Rayola (laughs) shows up, puts on a show at Memorial Stadium, (laughs) and becomes the infatuation for Nebraska football for a multi-year period. So almost immediately, Daniel Kalen goes into the shadow. And that's just sort of where he was. And then, of course, in November of 2021, Mario Verdusco is fired uh, with a week or two to go in the season after the Ohio State game. And at that point, Daniel Kalin had a pretty good relationship with hearing from Nebraska, is hearing from Berdusco, and it just went cold. Nebraska hires Mark Whipple. Daniel Kalin doesn't talk to Mark Whipple until September of 2022. So the entire offseason of following the 2021 season, he doesn't hear from Nebraska at all. He just continues to work. He gets bigger. He gets stronger. He uh, starts to throw the ball up a little bit more velocity. He ends up winning the starting job uh, at Bellevue West. And in September of 2022, Nebraska starts to pick it back up with him because at this point, Dylan Rayola is committed to Ohio State. Uh, Mickey Joseph starts helping build that relationship a little bit. Mark Whipple helps uh, with the relationship a little bit. They, you know, that coaching staff changes over. Matt Rule comes in December of 2022. The first thing that Matt Rule has for a recruiting standpoint is an in-state night, and so all of these recruits come over. and I remember talking to Daniel after that, and he's really excited because he's feeling like he's going to develop a good relationship with Rule and with Satterfield. He likes where things are at, and he said he already kind of feels like he's going to be a priority for this staff. And you just get the sense that this is just going to take a couple weeks, and you know he's going to be in this class. Mm-hmm. About a week after that
1: <laughs> visit, yeah. Dylan
4: Raiola opens his, his uh, commitment back Changes up for a Changes everything,
1: day. right, yeah.
4: And suddenly, Daniel Kalen finds himself in the shadow of Dylan Raiola again. And at that point, I think he knew that Nebraska was going to pursue Dylan Raiola, so he had to keep kind of his own options. And in the meantime, he had a great junior season. W.S. got to the quarterfinals. I think he had 38 total touchdowns. Uh, and he continued to show growth. He added more offers. He got up to, you know, somewhere double-digit power five offers. And he's got opportunities around the country. He starts playing for a seven-on-seven team out west. His own star is rising, but Nebraska is just heavy with Dylan Rayola. He ends up committing to Missouri. Dylan Rayola commits to Georgia. Nebraska kind of continued in the background a little bit, keeping uh, Daniel Kalin in the loop. They have the adult conversation about this is what we had to do, but this is where we are now. How would you feel about it? coming to nebraska he decides to change his mind he ends up at nebraska i mean it's it's a cool story Mm -hmm. and it took a lot of maturity um to not be scornful to not be spiteful to not get fed up with it to not get tired of of hearing about dylan Rayle all the time while you lived in the bubble i give daniel kalen so much credit and i think you know he's not the number one quarterback in the country but I think we got a guy that's a really intriguing developmental quarterback that has a good arm right now, that's working on becoming a better, um, you know, runner, uh, that I I think Nebraska fans would be pretty damn excited if he's able to, to develop. And I think he's a, a bright kid, and I'm excited for him. I'm really happy. Uh, you know, obviously this could have played out a variety of ways, but I'm happy for him because this is what he wanted all along. And it took a weird route, but it got there.
1: You know, and it's it's kind of a tightrope walk, too, obviously. The, the coaching staff must have done a good job somewhere along the line because, like you said, you could be, you know, if you feel like you were spurned at the beginning on this thing, you can see why he would say, all right, no, I made, you know, I, you didn't want me at the beginning. Now, you know, why do you want me now? Uh, and I'm sure that happens in recruiting. All of the time, but they obviously did a good enough job with painting this as a, a good opportunity for him for staying maintaining some sort of relationship being honest, like you said, having adult conversations in this whole thing, and, and especially such that, you know, even at the they're the, especially out of even Bellevue West, but in state guys. Haven't necessarily been as interested in Nebraska as, as you hoped they would. So hopefully that bodes well, I guess, for the way Rule and his staff recruit the state and recruit guys, uh, who, you know, that, that might be in this interesting situation where they may not be the first guy in there. Hopefully that means they're deft on their feet with this.
4: Yeah, and I think the great thing here is that, you know, Daniel's pretty well-connected in Omaha, and he's going to be a peer recruiter. He's going to want to be involved in these things. He'll be at all the events. And he's a guy that a lot of people already know because he's just an off-season grinder. Like, he's going to every Warren Academy thing, and he's doing the extra work, and he's at these camps. And so he's someone that's going to get pretty well-connected and acquainted, and, he, you know, I think he's going to be a real asset in terms of peer recruiting. I think he'll be a little bit of a class leader which you always have to have, especially in those early classes, to to kind of keep people along. Um, And so I I think that's going to be valuable, and it does kind of open the door. It makes it easier to get an idea McMorris out of Bellevue West Mm -hmm. because he knows who the quarterback is going to be. and Mm -hmm. It helps with guys like Caleb Benning and Caleb Piperum and everything else. And it kind of went from, you know, maybe Nebraska's offered nine kids in-state and they're going to end up with three of them. I felt like they were going to get five. Now it looks like they could get six, maybe seven. So. Um, you know, it's uh it's really interesting how quickly things can change and it, it all is because everyone was just adults about it and it wasn't uh you know, this had a chance to be really messy and it didn't go that way.
1: Why would the, why I mean I don't really need me to kick dirt on the previous staff or anything, but it sounded similar to what you had with, with uh Flores out of Gretna where Nebraska was just in super late on it and not paying a lot of attention early on the thing and it seemed like they should have been. How how is that happening with two in state quarterbacks at roughly the same time? Exactly.
4: Well, I honestly, I think, you know, if if Dylan Rayola hadn't become what he's become and have that connection, like if his name was just Dylan Smith, then I think mm-hmm. Daniel Kalin would have been committed to Nebraska a while ago. Okay. Um. So I, I think that's part of it. Like you can't tell the Daniel Kalin thing without talking about mm-hmm. Dylan Rayola uh, and the effect that that had on it all. And at the same time, I mean, I just don't know that. Mark Whipple, and I don't want to throw him under the bus either. I don't know that he was ever as enamored um, with, with Daniel Kalen, uh as both his predecessor and his successor have been. Yeah. So he just Got it. you know wasn't, wasn't a Mark Whipple guy, and, and that sort of worked in both Zane Flores and, and Daniel Kalen. So it's just this weird, you know, you think about this from this perspective, Nebraska has an in-state quarterback as its head coach. And you have one of the best runs of in-state quarterback play ever, starting with Cole Payton, Heinrich Harburg, Zane Flores, and now Daniel Kalen. And it's just like they're going to end up with with maybe half of those Mm -hmm. guys. Like, it's just a weird deal.
1: Don't forget Noah Walters. And Noah Walters, yeah.
4: yeah. And Noah Walters, I mean, that was was sort of fascinating because it seemed like it was pulling teeth for them to even offer a a walk-on spot. Right. Uh, so, so what was clearly one of the best quarterbacks in the state
1: at a yep. position where you you need depth yep and starting an FCS right now as a freshman yep so um all right well that's uh, inter- I appreciate that background and it'll be you know it'll be fun it's not too often Mike that you've got a, a senior football season with a 2 be husker quarterback with the fans having a chance to kind of follow and watch it happens yeah. occasionally but not that often.
4: Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun going out to Kearney's uh, a few years ago with, with Heinrich Harburg yeah. and watching him play a few times. It'll be, you know, with, with all the respect in the world to see Warren end up having driving west to Kearney, it'll be a lot more convenient <laughs> and maybe a little bit better action going uh, going east to Omaha or wherever. They'll probably play at
1: Seacrest place. a couple of times or maybe a time. I'm not sure if they do at all, but um, yeah. I
4: don't feel like. I don't feel like they play in Lincoln very often.
1: They don't. The way the That's a team works. you don't see. It does it, yeah. For whatever reason, it seems like you don't. It, yet, yet it feels like North Platte has to come to up here four times a year. For North various Platte games.
4: basically just sets up shop as what LPS is like <laughs> six public school or yeah. whatever.
1: Yeah. Uh, before I get on football, I, I I want to. Uh, I know you saw this because I saw you you uh, liked or retweeted something on Twitter. But did you see this? This and our listeners may be interested in this too. So evidently, uh, the uh, the TV deal between the Big Ten and the collective networks is not completely done. Um, and there are some still some things to clean up for the new commissioner. Uh, for instance, the Big Ten may have to pay back uh, about $40 million to Fox because they promised NBC the Big Ten football title game in 2026, but they didn't really have control of it. Uh, Fox did through BTN. And then Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State are saying, hey, we're not playing primetime games, night games in November on NBC that were included in the deal. And so NBC saying, wait, wait, wait. If you're just put, not putting on maybe the three biggest names of the conference, that's not worth as much to uh, so we can't pay the same thing with this whole thing, which makes me question, well, you signed off on the contract. Did you not read the contract before you okayed it? Uh, are you, uh, what's you What do you make of hearing that this, this uh, huge contract, which the Big Ten is kind of staking its future on, uh, has some catches here before it's all final?
4: Well, I'm trying to get Mike Wilbon on speed dial right <laughs> here to get his thoughts on these teams that aren't pulling together in the all-for-one conference that the Big Ten is and always has been. You know, before rabble-rousers like Nebraska showed up and threatened to just throw the whole thing into a state of mutiny. It was always just harmonious amongst these 10 teams. And so now, just the the utter shock and dismay that I have that schools like Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State wouldn't all just go along to get along with the Illinois and the Northwesterns and the <laughs> of the world? I am just stunned. I cannot believe such a thing that they could they could vocally offer such displeasure towards something that collectively is good for the conference. I am just I, I am just beside myself. And of course, you know the, the the national media will be right there to let them know you can't do that. Yes. This this is for everyone. It's not about you today. It's about everyone. We're we uh, gonna get any of that? Are we gonna uh, get Desmond? I, Desmond?
1: Yeah, I don't think oh, so, man. I don't think yeah. so.
4: I, I mean, who uh, are the it, biggest proponents of Kevin Warren that you could find? Yeah, Kevin Warren coming out of this looking real great, Holy just like we cow. all expected.
1: By the way, I mean, and the bottom line is, look, if you're good, this this contract, this TV contract is a you know is a life changer for the conference essentially but you part of where you're getting paid for is content at at the best times and that includes that includes night games in november right i mean obviously what what world are these teams in
4: where they don't understand the value of the night game in november like i don't like i don't it basically just be like if the atlanta falcons just decided, hey, we don't want to play on Monday Night Football ever. We we only want to play our game Sunday at noon or at 325. That's it. Those are the only times. Like, how stupid is this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, maximize your TV windows. You're sticking Ohio State in a night game in November at home against, uh, I don't know, let's just say Nebraska. That's going to garner a lot of ratings. Yeah. More ratings than if they were playing at 11 a.m. I promise you that.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's like, well, I mean, even better. It's like this if the Steelers said, <laughs> you know, we're not doing Sunday or Monday night or Thursday night, right?
4: <laughs> yeah. I don't but, know why I picked the Falcons. I have no clue. Yeah. yeah I'm Steel- just so fired up about it. An outdoor team is
1: Falcon. better, but the, 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 a Steelers not doing Sunday, Monday, or Thursday because of the weather, right? And because is that of
4: the, what you're saying, the weather?
1: The unique challenges for student athletes and the, the oh my logistical goodness. issues and it's I, no. I i guess I don't know why else what why what was, other reason would there be Jack why is the college football world the whiniest people about
4: weather? Ever, we can't have a college football playoff north of Kijuana because it's too cold.
1: And I know whining about weather. I am a trendsetter yeah, when it comes to whining about weather. And the uh, the athletic departments at Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State have surpassed me, which is unbelievable. Not to mention, I mean, not even to mention, I know there's a lot of good lawyers with degrees from those schools they had a contract right they approved this contract i'm assuming this was in the contract maybe bring that up before the big 10 agrees to it i would think that's just i mean that's sort of the way that i learned at the nebraska law school to you approve offer
4: your services to be a consultant <laughs> for these
1: places hey guys nebraska grad here hi uh not not an uh, active lawyer right now but i think i could still help with some of the things that you've got going on here
4: uh, yeah, you'd be like, we're we're used to seeing them getting out of contract around here.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right, last last question. Uh, you think, what do you give the chances of a Husker baseball for going on a magical run here in Omaha? It probably depends a lot on how Bryce Matthews is feeling, I suppose.
4: Yeah, I mean, certainly it's harder to expect uh, a big run if you don't have production out of those those top guys. But if their offense can get rolling and just allow the pitching staff to work through it, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's they're going to have to bludgeon some teams. You're going to have to get some exceptional pitching performances from some others. Um, you know, it's not just going to be a simple show up and your starters are just going to throw seven innings of two-run ball every game. Yeah. Uh, so they're just going to have to figure out ways to win some of these games. And the thing is, I mean, the Big Ten has shown in the last 10 years, seeding doesn't ultimately matter. you got a lot of five seeds in there that have won titles. You've got a lot of teams that have barely... Won more games than they lost in the regular season, barely qualified for it. Have played in championship games, so they're going to have an opportunity. But they got to win that first game. Yes. You got to get out of the first game with a win just to save your pitching. And if right. you can get through the first two, then all of a sudden starts to
1: really, really open Yeah, up. Get, set, get six, seven innings out of Emmitt Olson. the first one, don't use the bullpen a lot, and then everything's on that Maryland mm-hmm. game. And if you can do that, mm-hmm. things get really interesting. Yep,
4: he's probably the key to this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, there's so many times you see the one seed go down, and it's just because uh, their Friday night guy has a bad first start yep. in the tournament, and it's hard to <laughs> overcome it.
1: Uh, Shay Shannon is also probably going to throw about 400 pitches over the course of the next few days, <laughs> <laughs> too, in his we college hope, farewell.
4: We hope he gets the opportunity. He'll,
1: he'll want to, I bet. All right. Hey, great to talk to you, Mike. I appreciate it. We'll uh, catch up again here in a couple weeks. Have a good one, all right? Okay.
4: thank good. Thank you. Mike Jack. Schaefer,
1: Husker 24 7. Good insight from Mike on a variety of topics. Take a break, wrap it up. For this is on KLIN.
0: You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and friends
1: on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 858, as we wrap up the show today at 63 degrees, Uh, early reminder, early reminder, we're several days away still from Request Line Friday, but we are doing uh, songs from your graduation year this time, so go ahead and pick that song that might have been popular spring summer of your uh, graduation year and uh, you don't just out want your, our uh, our
2: graduation song
1: or it can be that if the if you want to because some people might not have had one so um if you had a if you had a specific graduation song you can share that or if you don't have that and you want to just kind of do something that was uh happening at the same time music wise as that graduation year in the upcoming summer we would love to hear that from you and we'll uh have our i think we'll have our normal varieties of uh a little bit of 60s, a little bit more 70s, a little bit more early 80s, a little bit less 90s, and then Gen Z Molly. So,
2: hey, you'll get you'll a, get cl- get a mine. few
1: early 2000s. You'll yeah, get mine late two- 2000s. It's kind of a Belker. Yes. But you'll get to hear <laughs> a whole lot of uh, a variety, and I look forward to seeing what you request. You can text me now at 402 479 1400 and get lined up, get queued up for next week request line. Friday. All right, that is it. Tomorrow on the show is a Tuesday. means we're going to hear from Joe Jordan and John Baylor. So, we're going to have a busy week here on LNK Today with Jack and Friends, and we'll see you bright and early tomorrow. It is 9 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln.